Welcome to The Investigation. I'm Kira Phillips, and this is our first episode, and we are so glad that you are here with us. Now, our goal here is to take you inside our task force here at ABC News as we're looking at those allegations of intrusion, collusion, obstruction, all the things that special counsel is looking into as we wait for the Mueller report to drop. By my side, the head of our task force, Chris Vlasto. You know, it was 20 years ago, Chris, you were the guy behind ABC News and one of the biggest stories. We were the first to broadcast the allegations involving President Clinton and White House intern Monica Lewinsky. Do you see differences, similarities here? Listen, it's amazing to me to think that we're in this situation right now because 20 years ago, I thought the Lewinsky story was the biggest story of my lifetime. And actually, I have to say there's nothing bigger than this Donald Trump story. Everything is, is on steroids. I mean, every every investigation, every lead. I don't know what's going to come of this Mueller report. I don't know if there's going to be another impeachment. But I know that the world is watching and listening. All the stories we've done over the last year and a half have been eaten up by the readers and the, and the listeners and the viewers of ABC News. I mean, no one was paying this much attention to the Monica Lewinsky story. But the one other big difference that everyone always asks me about the difference between Bill Clinton and Donald Trump is the fact that, you know, Bill Clinton and the Clinton people attacked Ken Starr constantly, every day, tried to destroy the man. But the difference was Bill Clinton had other people do it. Donald Trump does it himself. I've never seen anything quite like it. So it's 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 going to be an amazing thing to see what happens when Mueller's report comes out. But it's not just you and me. We've got some help here. Two more reporters of our task force, John Santucci and Matt Mosk. And John, you were there from the very beginning when Donald Trump was coming down that escalator. Kira, I still remember the cramp I had in my leg that day when he was giving <laughs> that long ranting speech. Uh, we got a piece of paper handed to us uh, that was the speech that day. It was four pages, double spaced, uh, stapled together. And I remember looking over at George Stephanopoulos, who was with me, and we both said, uh, he's not delivering the speech. <laughs> and, and I think that sort of set the tone for what that campaign was and really what this White House has become, Kira. Everything that should be going according to plan, should be calm, should be smooth. None of it has happened. This has been a wild roller coaster ride uh, since that June uh, 2015 launch. Uh, somehow I haven't gotten seasick yet. Um, I'm happy about that. But it is uh, going in ways that I don't think any one of us uh, that were in Trump Tower that day could have expected. And, and we're also joined by Matt Mosk. And Matt Mosk has been an investigative reporter in Washington for a really long time. And actually, I remember, Matt, that during the election, you even came to me and said, you know, I hear these stories about Donald Trump and Russians and this guy named Felix Sater. And I kind of looked at you, I think, I, I, with weird eyes and kind of said, get out of my office. I don't think I, I'm going to let you forget that, Chris. <laughs> Who's Felix Sater? That's what yeah. we were all saying. What? We Russians? Know now. <laughs> I had no idea what you were talking about, and I didn't really care. Uh, but But you were right. Well, no, that this all started really when it, where it started. There were uh, a dozen, how many Republican candidates uh, in the primary running for president in 2015. And my job was to do background on each one of them. And when it came to Donald Trump, this was this sort of sore subject that kept sticking out is what are these relationships and what was he doing with Russia? And this was really before 
even anything Mueller was looking at uh, happen. A lot of the activity that happened was during the campaign in 2016. So it was a question that started very early on. You're right. And we're actually, though, Kira, really lucky for our first guest. Who do we got? We have brought in John Dowd. He was at the helm of all of President Trump's attorneys, uh, left actually in March of 2018. He's been around, as you know, Washington for a very long time. Iran-Contra, Whitewater Committee. So he has all kinds of war stories. He also investigated Pete Rose, too. That's right. But right before his departure last March, he handled the meeting, the actual meeting with Mueller before leaving. Leaving the White House. He's the one that received those 49 questions from Robert Mueller and whittled them down and decided what exactly uh, would be turned over to special counsel. And John, you talk to the White House a lot. Who, what do they think of John Dowd? You know, it's interesting. Everyone that I've spoken to is pretty positive on him. Um, you know, they felt that he, uh, when he was on the money, he was a, a good uh, direction for the Trump legal team. He was definitely fierce and tough. One of the things though, that they're realizing, Chris, is that, you know, under Dowd's leadership, uh, you know, you had about 30 White House aides that were going in, doing these interviews with Bob Mueller. Nobody debriefed them after these interviews, which kind of seems like something you would do. Um, And now they're starting to realize that they have a treasure trove of information that nobody went and kind of dug up the treasure here. But did they fire him, John? So there was a disagreement, right? It was around the time that he was giving a lot of public statements. Um, Some people will say, okay, he was fired. He'll say he left. It does seem like the president and him went separate ways. Well, I can tell you, Dowd is going to tell us they're still good friends, that they talk on a regular basis. John, even Rudy Giuliani uh, agreed that the president and Dowd still talk. Yeah. And listen, it's no surprise there, Kira, because remember, the whole thing that they need to do here as a legal team is they do have to sort of check each other, right? Because this is the third iteration of the legal team. First, it was led by Mark Kasowitz. He was the New York lawyer that Donald Trump knew for decades. Okay, now they get to D.C. They need a Washington insider. Enter John Dowd. John Dowd leaves. Now it's time for offense. So Donald Trump brings in one of his friends, someone that has no problem going on television, blasting everybody, Rudy Giuliani. And and Matt, you know, John Dowd, though, did get in trouble as a guy who's been in Washington yourself a long time. The fact that, that he was overheard, what, at some lunch? Was he, he, yeah, he was having lunch at, at BLT, which is a restaurant that's in the uh, in the lobby uh, of the building where the New York Times Bureau is. And they were out on the street in the patio, uh, he and his fellow uh, White House lawyer, Ty Cobb. And uh, they were chatting about the details of the case. And right next to them was a New York Times reporter who's covering the case. And uh, he couldn't help himself. But uh, it kind of seemed like amateur hour when he did that. Well, you know what, you know what dad will say? (laughs) Go eat someplace else. I'm not going to I won't eat there anymore. And hey, mind your own business. Can't we have a a, just a conversation among friends outside the New York Times? I mean, come on. Really? It's right there. You can't miss the sign. (laughs) Well, let me just say one thing I really like about the fact that we are starting our voyage in this podcast with with John Dowd is there's so much hysteria about the Mueller investigation and where it's going to lead. And I think just like the sort of fairness of the American system, you want to hear the president's side of it. And I think to to sort of sober everything and take just take a step back. I think it's helpful to hear the president's version of events and view on this case from the start. Well, the question at the top of every
everyone's mind, the highly anticipated Mueller report. Will it actually clear President Trump and members of his campaign? Here now, the man we've been talking about, our conversation with President Trump's former attorney, John Dowd. So, John, word is the Mueller report is going to drop within the next couple of weeks. I don't think there'd be a report. The rules of the department say no report. So what do you think is going to, what, what, what do you think it will be? It will I just... don't know. I think, I mean, a declination is a declination. It's like, a, you know, I mean, I've written a declination or told my superiors or the attorney general what I've declined on. I did the internal investigation of the FBI. I declined probably 20 cases there. I just, I just. So you don't think the public's going to see anything? You think it's $40 million, Mueller investigated it, and that's it? No, but the rules of the department, just put yourself put yourself in the president's shoes. Let's say we investigate you guys, and it comes out, you're witness in the subject, you cooperate transparently, and we take all those facts and we say, you know, there's nothing here. The idea that you would take that information and make it public, you know, violates the whole concept of the grand jury. What's the grand jury for? To protect the innocent. And by the way, I've read thousands of grand juries, and I it does protect the innocent. I mean, maybe one in ten cases you would bring, but you would investigate. So, I mean, I talk about organized crime, public corruption. You, I mean, you you come you come close to really awful stuff. But is it a crime? Is it prosecutable? No. Does that ever get reported? No. So you're saying when Mueller's report drops, it's going to be a flop. You're you're saying. We're not going to. Well, I, I will be shocked if, if anything regarding the president is made public other than we're done. You know, I were. I, but you but, know, the but, president has <laughs> and his lawyers have, have been fairly transparent. I mean, it's, you know, everybody knows who the witnesses were. And, and uh, the White House documents are another question, particularly the, the, the communications by counsel. With the president, which we gave to Bob. So I mean, Bob, I mean, he. There's no time in history has anybody had this kind of look at at communications with the president. Do you respect what Mueller is doing? I know you know Mueller well. Well, I respected it in the beginning, and I started out, and I, it's my my style is I always trust the other side until we did it. In my opinion. On March 5th, we were done. He had everything. He said he had everything. He told me that no one had lied. He told me they had every document we asked for. He, he told me that it was nothing more. He told me that the president was not a target. That is, he did not have any exposure, that he was a witness subject, which is perfectly normal for someone's conduct you're looking at, but they don't have exposure. What people don't understand about the president, and I think the same would be with you, is you have too much information in your life. When you go back and talk about Flynn or Comey, those events, while magnified in the media, are nothing. Not compared to the threat of the Soviet Union, the threat of the China, dealing with Japan, dealing with Korea, I mean, the, the amount of information that he intakes every day and gets prepared for is staggering. And in my questioning him or talking to him, he question, you know, first question, easy. Second question, easy. Third question, he wasn't sure. 
And he doesn't like being unsure. So he'll guess. There's your trap right there. Mm. It's not whether he lies or not. Everybody wants to get into this, you know, this integrity business. It's not a matter of integrity. It's overload. John, why didn't you advise him to do an interview with Bob Mueller? Just let him sit down with Bob Mueller, let him be interviewed. What were you worried about? Uh, I was, what I was worried about is that he really couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. There's no way he could. I mean, we'd have to script it. As a matter of fact, I told Bob, I said, why don't you just let us script it? Because Flynn, Papadopoulos, Gates. I mean, look what Bob's doing. What I call nickel-dime process crimes. I ran big corruption cases. I didn't go around picking scabs and just making any case I could make. If there was a petty case, I shifted it to someone else. I didn't do it. And that's where I disagree with Bob. But the president yeah. ended up taking, or the president's lawyers ended up taking your advice, right? They ended they up. By the way, they, didn't, they never disagreed with me. The team, Giuliani and the Raskins and, and Jay, never disagreed with me. But what do you think Mueller's been doing then? That was March that you left, right? March of last year, 2018. What do, you, why, what do you think has taken Mueller so long? I don't know. All I can tell you is what I do know. And I know a lot because, as people have found out, we communicate on this side of the fence. As a matter of fact, we've got probably better intelligence than they do. Uh, you know, without questioning anybody's good faith, because there's some very good people over there. Um, it, it's been, it's been a waste of time, and it's been petty, and it's been bureaucratic, and you don't need to do that. When you're dealing at this level, you're doing at this level. You're playing the World Series, okay? And you don't, you don't, you don't get down with the petty stuff here. What do you think the Democrats will say? If the report is submitted and not made public, what do you think? The oh, they'll outcome? go crazy like they always do. I mean, you know, they'd whine and cry. Republicans would do the same thing, you know. But, you know, it's just, oh, we can't wait. Grassley says, I can't wait to get the report from Mueller. Mueller, Mueller has no obligation. All he is is a departmental attorney, nothing more. Okay, that's it. I mean, he, he abides by the rules. And, by the way, it's got to go up. It's got to go up to Barr. Well, you must know Barr rather well, I assume. I, you know, I don't know. I, I know of him, and I left. I had left the department when he was attorney general, but he was a great attorney general. He did a terrific job, and I am so pleased that he's going to be back because he knows the place from top to bottom, and he's very bright. And he's going he's gonna to call it right down the middle and do a good job. That's quite the opposite from what you've said about uh, the leadership of the Justice Department. I mean, you have just lambasted, you know, everybody else previously. So you're seeing a shift here. Well, look, I, I you know, I, I tried to deal with Rosenstein. Early on, we wrote a letter to Mueller saying, look, Comey's the accuser in this phony investigation. We think there are other issues and regarding his conduct as to the origin of this whole business. Turns out, not only was I right, but Comey admitted that there were no facts to investigate the president on. I mean, there's no collusion. So, um, I, and then I, so Bob said he wasn't looking at it. So I wrote to Rosenstein, he blew me off. That's not leadership. That's not accountability. 
this is a very serious, I mean, we were very serious and we did it in writing. We did it politely. We did it confidentially. And he just blew us off. So I lost all respect for Rob Rosenstein. And Sessions, I don't know what he was doing. I'm not sure Sessions knows what he was doing. Michael Cohen. We've got to ask you about Michael Cohen. The joint defense agreements. What did you learn from the Michael Cohen investigation? And what does Michael Cohen know? <laughs> you know what he knows, and I can't. I never discuss joint defense because they're confidential communications. We were just, we were just briefed, like every other witness, on what he was going to tell the House and Senate and, and other things. And, and Michael saw- Cohen you know, has done a great job of putting the rope around his neck. But so. when you saw what uh, the Southern District of New York did raiding him, he was the president's lawyer at the time, right? Or one of well, them. He was, he, was a, he was a minor personal lawyer on some personal matters. Your client is a prolific tweeter. And as a lawyer, did that, that must have frustrated you. That must have... Said, oh my it's, God, just, I was... it's just a fact of life. You just deal with as best you can. And on, on my suggested tweet, I just, you know, he, he wanted to tweet about something. And I uh, made a suggestion and et cetera. And, of course, you know, the media well, went crazy. Well, not that tweet. How about all the other tweets? How about all his tweets? Uh, no, I don't. Do you think you it know, causes damage? I mean, makes it worse? Adds gasoline, fuel to the fire? I'll let, I'll let someone else... Uh, evaluate that. Uh, we got our job done. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, take sides in that in that debate. Um, you know, would I rather go another way? Of course. But look, the president's the president. I know what I, I know. What I've got in my hands, and you know, if I don't like it, I can always exit. But I, you know, I'm, I'm his friend. I'm his advocate. I know what the case is. There is no case. And my job is to sort of bring that home. And we, we did the very best we could to bring it home. I think it is coming home, and I think it's coming home in the same, same shape. And, you know, and then, you know, there are people in the press say, well, he must have some surprise. He doesn't have, I know exactly what he has. I know exactly what every witness said, what every document said. Is, I know exactly what he has. And I know what, I know what you know, what the, what the conclusion of the result is. What does he have? What's the result? What's the conclusion? Decline. There's no basis. There's no exposure. It's been a terrible waste of time. What's worse is, let's get on the other side of this, how it all happened. This is one of the greatest frauds this country's ever seen. And I'm just shocked that Bob Mueller didn't call it that way and say, I'm being used. I would have done that. If I were in his shoes in this thing, I'd have gone to I'd have gone to Sessions and Rosenstein and said, "Look, this is nonsense. We are being used by a cabal and the FBI to get even." So, what do you say? This is awful. I mean, the corruption at the Let's top of the FBI is staggering, and that's how this all happened. And by the way, look at what the FBI witnesses have said. I know I know about no collusion. I mean, Kobe knew nothing about collusion. So, so what are we doing then? What do you say to Trump's relationship with Putin? What do you say to the discussions about a Trump-Moscow deal? E- everything that's out there. Everything- there was no deal. There was no deal. Trump believes he could, he could deal with Putin. You know, he's, he's found out what it's like dealing with Putin. He's been educated, like every president is educated. 
I remember Hillary List did the reset button. I mean, what a joke. So they're all, you know, thing is, when you're president, you can't guarantee any results. You have to do what you have to do. But you no, know, there's nothing out there. There's no project in Moscow. They have every document known to mankind. That's all ginned up nonsense. But they have, they have all the emails. They have the Sater stuff. They have the Cohen stuff. There is nothing more. And you're they right. know it. And not only do they have it, but they've questioned people about it. Exhausted. But looking forward, put your crystal ball for the next two years yeah. of this presidency. What do you see? What, what do you see? For not policy, but but you've been in Washington a long time, and it's you a know, divided Congress. The investigations? Yeah. Well, I, guess, not Mueller, I, right. guess, I guess the Hill is going to do what they're going to do. Um, and I expect the White House, to the extent it can, will cooperate. But I don't think it'll be shy about its privileges. Now you're, now you're dealing with another branch of government. You're not dealing with Mueller, who's in the executive. Big deal. Big deal. So, and so for historical reasons, for constitutional reasons, they got to be careful. Okay. How do you think history will look at the Mueller investigation? Ten years from now, twenty years from now. Uh, not well. Robert Mueller. How will he go down in history? I don't know. He's going to have to decide that. Donald J. Trump. Full plate. A man with a a man with a with a big heart who means well, but has you know, had all kinds of challenges. Uh, but he, but he, you know. I'm in his corner. You know, I'm in his corner because he's the boss. He governs this country. All right. Well, thank you, John. Thank you, John. Thank you this so much. This a real pleasure. All right, let's take a quick break. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about after this. And welcome back to The Investigation. I'm Kira Phillips, once again here with Chris Vlasto, the head of our task force, and two of our top reporters, John Santucci and Matt Mosk. Let's break it all down, guys. Yeah, let's get right to it. Where, where, where do we start, folks? That was a really big interview. Well, and according to John Dowd, if you listen to our interview, uh, he thinks this is going to be over very soon and we're not going to hear anything explosive. You know, whatever John Dowd had in the green room before he did the interview with you guys, I would just like a cup of that. That would be really great. I think that would help us kind of get through the day. I think a piece of it might be over, but to say that it's all going to be over and done with, uh, Matt, I, I don't agree with I that. I don't know. You. I think now we know why the president says there's nothing here. This is a witch hunt because he listens to people like John Dowd, who, if you listen to him, it sure sounds like this is going nowhere. He says he's he knows what every witness has said, and he knows exactly what Mueller has, and there's not even going to be a report. He says that uh, there's going to be a uh, nothing. But, yeah, he's, but he's on the inside, though. He he he's he was Trump's attorney. He was at the helm of of his of Trump's legal team. Why why aren't you believing this? Well, because we got to remember. He left. He's not a part of the legal team right now. This story every day, I mean, it feels like this snowball is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and the one thing that we learned after John Dowd left working for Donald Trump is that the almost 
30 White House staffers that went in and met with Bob Mueller's team, they didn't speak to any of them. They didn't do debriefing sessions. They don't know exactly what Bob Mueller has learned from these hours-long interviews. Some of them, um, as Chris, Matt, and I and others have been reporting, have gone for multiple sessions with the special yeah, counsel. Yeah, but, but John Carl, the, our reporter here, has been out, said on this week, that he thinks this report's going to be anticlimactic. And that's exactly what John Dowd was saying. No? Well, John Dowd said, he, John Dowd went even further than that. He said there'd be no report at all. That, the, in fact, that the Justice Department couldn't issue. Do we, do we think that's right? Do we think there's I, not going to be a report at all? Well, I, I think technically John Dowd is right. That could happen. But I don't think politically no. we, it, it, you can survive in this town with nothing. Well, and, and and as soon as we get any sort of information that the special counsel is finished and turned things over to the Department of Justice, I mean, there's going to be a countdown clock to when we're actually going to learn something because you have all of Congress wondering, watching, waiting, trying to figure out where this is going. The president has been saying for quite some time he wants answers as well. And that was part of what Dowd said, right? How much money they've spent on this, how much time this has gone on for. Uh, everybody just wants to know, hey, what is it? One way or the other. What's the price tag now? Forty billion. No, no. What was no, it? You no, said no, no. you said forty million. Forty million. Forty million. Yeah, I had. But to. I don't know. I think that's the high. I think that is the Trump number. I'm not sure if that's the. It's definitely millions actual. of dollars. Oh no, tens of millions. Yes. of dollars. John Dowd has been there, done that. If you look at his history and his background, his reputation, this guy. I, I mean, uh, no, I agree. And, right? and what shocked me even more is how he attacked Mueller. I mean, that was not Rudy Giuliani sitting out, and he's a New York lawyer. John Dowd is Washington establishment. He lives here. He's been here for 40 years. And for him to go trash St. Bob... Yeah, he, he didn't even him. say Robert Mueller, yeah. special counsel Mueller. He kept saying Bob. When I went to Bob, when I took this to Bob, when I talked to Bob. Wow. Yeah. Well, but this he is said the Mueller was picking mm-hmm. scabs. That's how he described yeah. this investigation, which is pretty harsh when you think of what what Mueller has put into this. But this is what's ironic, though, going back to what you said, Chris, how he was attacking Bob Mueller. Um, One of the things that we had been hearing, we reported it, um, that John Dowd was telling President Trump, don't attack Bob Mueller. That was his legal advice. Don't tweet about it. Don't go at him. And it was after John Dowd left Rudy Giuliani comes into this show, and that's when the attacking actually started. So to think that Dowd is almost going against his own advice that he had been giving the president, his client, for months. It's just fascinating. I think the whole the interview is terrific. But the one thing he did say that I think we'd all agree and seems to be the consensus in our reporting now is that even when Mueller's done, Mm -hmm. he can farm it out. Even John Dowd was saying you're supposed to farm it out to other U.S. attorneys. You and 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 he was pretty clear on this. Mueller was there to do collusion. Everything else should be farmed out. Well, and look at what Matt and I had reported just a couple days ago that uh, prosecutors in New York's Southern District have served a subpoena onto the president's inaugural committee. It's out of the shark tank and into the lion's den. In the Southern District of New York, those guys are total killers, and they obviously are building a big case. So is that the real threat here? It's part of the real threat, but I think, just backtracking a bit, we had been hearing for months that witnesses 
brought before the special counsel's team were being asked about the inaugural, being asked about donors, about events, who attended, what benefits did I get if I donated a certain amount of money. Now, obviously, as everything we can tell, Bob Mueller's team has taken no action for their part on that. What they did is they took everything they got, put it in a box, up the Acela to New York, and now we see it in action with this subpoena from the Southern District. Right, and the same thing with the case against Roger Stone, the longtime political advisor to Trump. Uh, We saw in the courtroom with the prosecutors the other day, there were U.S. attorneys from the district office, from the Washington, D.C. office, who were not part of Mueller's team. These are the people who are going to take over the case and carry it forward, a sign, I think, that the Mueller, everything we're hearing about Mueller being almost done. The thing that's intriguing is if if John, uh, John Dowd's right and Bob Mueller just does declination and nothing happens, I, I don't know what's going to happen in Washington. I think I think every be, Democratic member of Congress's head will explode. It will be, I mean, that, it that's will be an explosion. Happen. It will be something we've never seen. His silence would be deafening. It would be unbelievable. What did you guys catch? And I thought this was interesting when because uh, John Dowd was in charge of taking those forty nine questions from uh, Mueller mm-hmm. and and figuring out you know which questions the president would answer and scripting them and narrowing it down. And and I asked him why didn't you just let the president go in for an interview? And and did you see how he sort of hesitated because he was talking about how you know Trump says what he thinks and he just keeps going and and he 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 talks passionately and I was trying to read between the lines like well was he thinking that would be dangerous you know to let the president go in there and do an interview but then he said that he he suggested um, scripting a live interview that Trump uh, would do he, he said you know I, I was I was going to let him go in there as long as we could script what he said to Robert Mueller in person did you catch that I thought yeah. that was Which interesting is essentially what they they've done because but can you imagine if they were face to face? Do you really think Trump would stick to a script no. if he's face to face with? Stick to a I actually don't think right. that. No, I'm not sure that that's right because uh, one thing we saw looking at Trump all throughout the campaign is that he's done a lot of videotaped depositions, mm. and when he does those, he's very disciplined. Right, and John Dow did say that he 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 even said that in this interview. He was saying this is not a man who was unfamiliar with being in in legal proceedings. Let's, you it's know, like he's you been s- deposed. You see lot, him at the State of the Union and he speaks one way and then you see him at one of these rallies and he speaks completely differently. And the president is still talking to John Dowd. I, I mean, you can well, say that he got thrown out, but they're still very good friends. Yeah, but the and president and he, talks to everybody. I was just going to say that you know, nobody he, ever leaves this story. It is, right. they, they don't. If, if you're fired by Donald Trump, it almost is like, oh, you have more access to him now. It's a badge I, of honor? Yeah. Well, think about Corey Lewandowski as an example, right? The first campaign manager thrown at a Trump Tower. Yeah, he couldn't get a ticket to the inaugural. Uh, there was no? other people trying not? to get at him. But I mean, uh. he's... He He's at the White House. He's talking to the president. He's there on election night. He's there the next morning as part of the transition so wait, operation. So Rudy's in the doghouse or he isn't in the doghouse? Uh, uh, Rudy at the moment, I think, is okay. I wouldn't say one way or the other where Rudy is because I really don't think we know. Oh, I, I, I think John Dowd will be having dinner at the White House uh, as soon as this podcast He's loyal airs. to the president. <laughs> he is he is loyal to the president. I think he got himself a, a dinner invitation after this podcast. <laughs> I wonder so. if we could get invited to that dinner. Yeah, we'll work on it. <laughs> Matt, what, what would you look at 
All right. So I don't want to predict what's going to be in the report, but I would say that what I am most interested in that we haven't – there are a lot of loose threads that I don't think have been tied together. And the one I'm most interested in, I think, is Michael Flynn. We heard plenty about Michael Flynn's cooperation at his aborted sentencing hearing, that we, we were told Michael Flynn cooperated fully and completely. There were multiple sessions. He spoke with the, with the prosecutors for hours. And we know very little about what he shared, and yet we also know that Michael Flynn was a regular presence on the campaign and in Trump Tower during the transition period. And a judge said he was treasonous. No. Well, <laughs> well, unlike some of the other characters in this drama, he is a decorated military man. I was going to say, a give a little career. background. This guy came in as as decorated military. Everybody was talking about how he was adding some some gravitas. Um, gravitas. Yeah. There we go. Thank you. And and every, his speech uh, at, at the very beginning, he was kind of the beginning of everything. It's not just Flynn. I mean, we really don't know what Michael Cohen said either in terms of the Mueller portion of the investigation. Well, and remember in the sentencing, the, that was the one area that prosecutors said he was very helpful. That's right. So we don't know what that part is. No, yeah, John Dowd will say he's a proven liar and he doesn't have anything. Well, but, you know, and John Dowd, though, is right in saying Elijah Cummings and the congressional people are going to put him as their first witness. Mm-hmm. You big, know, he says big mistake. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's not totally wrong. You want to build a case and then have your argument, not just he, it, he's right in calling out the House and saying it's a public spectacle. Okay, but in fairness, though, on the flip side, the other thing that John Dowd said, he called Michael a minor personal well, lawyer. Well, right, that's that ridiculous. That is fiction. That's ridiculous. Also, Come on. He that's also ridiculous. said Michael did a great job putting a noose around his own neck, which I thought was a creative way of describing well. Michael's self-destruction in all of this. But if you're putting Michael Cohen next to Michael Flynn, Flynn does have a pretty distinguished background in the military that can't be ignored as some... That's right. But he came in with controversy. Sure. Barack Obama said to Donald Trump in that first Oval Office meeting, warned him about Michael Flynn. I mean, a lot of people were warning Trump not to go near this guy, but did it anyway. So up to this point, where we are now, most memorable moment for you of how we got here. May 9th, 2017, Jim Comey's fired. I mean, that that was just like the day that started everything. And and I remember uh, we were uh, over at the White House for, for some meetings unrelated to things. Uh, and I just remember uh, a buzz of activity. We didn't know what was going on. It was very weird. Um, and we're walking out. And um, a member of our team had a tip that something was up. Somebody was going to be fired. We didn't know specifically what. Um, and about three minutes before a statement came out from the press secretary's office, um, John Carl broke the news that the president had just fired FBI Director Jim Comey. And, and you just remember saying, what is happening, right? Sort of this all playing out, uh, Trump's longtime body man going and delivering the letter to Jim Comey directly. Um, it was just like this how is this going to play out? How is this all going to evolve? And I, I just remember that day, um, first of all, we were here till like midnight, but second of all, I just remember saying this just felt like a holy we know what moment. <laughs> it just felt like this is where. Everything is about to change, and it did. I don't think it's one moment. I think the most pivotal, the fact that 
when Donald Trump was running for president over an extended period of time, he did not think that he was going to win. Ultimately, I think will be the most significant contributor to what we see in the Mueller report for a bunch of reasons. He didn't think he was going to win, so he was pursuing a business venture in Moscow, the Moscow Trump Tower. He didn't think he was going to win, so he had this go-for-broke attitude, like, if somebody can get me those Hillary Clinton emails, maybe this will really be the thing that brings it over the line for me. I think it was that insecurity that that drove a lot of the behavior we've been hearing about this entire but time. But it's so true, and I, I, I agree with you, Matt, because I've always said, like, Paul Manafort, I mean, who in their right mind would become campaign chairman of a campaign knowing that you had laundered tens of millions of dollars? Because he, I think, never thought Donald Trump was going to win. And and so all of this at the end of the day when we see it, I think I've said it to you guys as we've covered this story, and many people believe it, that this was like the producers and the, right. the old Mel Brooks uh, 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 Broadway show and movie in the sense of no one around Trump ever thought he was going to win. So everyone was looking for an angle to how to profit off of it, whether it was Michael Cohen, whether it was pa- uh, Paul Manafort, Felix Sater, all these guys, and even George Papadopoulos. I mean, they were, the dog, they were the dog that caught the car. They, they didn't know what they were going to do when they got there. They never thought they'd be there. That's yeah, exactly and, right. And I mean, to that point also, like, you know, we talk about you know, Trump's team and who was around him. Like, let's not forget when this all started, this was about five people working around cinder blocks, which was the old set of The Apprentice on the fourth floor of Trump Tower. I, I mean, they, they, there was no enthusiasm. You, you Chris, I, I, me and you, we did a meeting there early on. We did a meeting on. there, and I was shocked, and there were... What Hillary Clinton had eight hundred people yeah, in, Brooklyn, in a Brooklyn Tower, and and, and, we had and Donald half a Trump floor. had five people. Yeah, and 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 really, that's the reality. Yeah. And I think Chris Christie does say it sometimes, and he may be half right uh, in the sense of saying it was so small the the campaign. There, what conspiracy? There's no one to conspire with. The Mueller team seems also completely different, but in a it, sort of in a flipped on its head way. This is a, from everything everybody says, completely professional, completely by the book. There isn't a person that we've talked to who's gone into an interview with Mueller who has come out and said anything different. They've all said it. They know everything about me. They know all about what I was doing. They were professional and courteous. Everything that we've heard is that this is the textbook investigation. The only thing we don't know about it is how will it end? Well, and can I just say one detail that we've now heard from at least four or five people that have gone in and met with Bob Mueller's team. They all describe one specific moment uh, the same way, that some point during their extensive hours of sitting there with the team, Bob Mueller walks in, he'll say hello, he'll sit down for a few minutes, and then he walks out. No one's actually had, from every conversations we've had, and Matt, correct me, but no one's actually been physically He's interviewed Charlie, by Bob Charlie's Mueller. Angels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. You, it's, it's, it's just, it's fascinating. <laughs> it's so interesting that yeah, every no, person no, no. tells that story. It's like, wait, were you all in the room together? He's Bosley. Bosley. But no, but, but, but I actually do think, though, to Matt's point, though, and is that he's so by the book and they're so and and that's where it go back to John Dowd this report could be nothing i mean by the rules 
John Dowd is correct. It could just go over. He could say declination of whatever criminal activity, and that's it. That's where the I guess that's where the biggest question mark is. Is he so by the book that he's going to give us something that everybody doesn't even want to bother reading? That's or right. the other thing that we constantly hear about this team of prosecutors is that they are killers. These are the Enron guys, that's the right. guys who get their. Sure. These are the G men who get their man. Like these are the ones who know how to close a case. And will that be the Bob Mueller that emerges at the end of this? All right, we did it. The first show is in the books. There's still a lot of ground to cover, though. Let's be clear. And we're excited to have you joining us on this journey. Be sure to hit subscribe, okay? And leave us a rating and a review. That will go a long way to helping other folks find us. Well, for my colleagues, Chris Vlasto, Matt Moss, John Santucci, I'm Kira Phillips, and we'll see you next time on The Investigation.